Hello, I'm Rick Cottom. Welcome to Your Maryland. In 1907, an aging Union Army veteran sat down to write about his Civil War. Ernest Wardwell was 14 and a student at the Adams School in Baltimore when the Confederates fired on Fort Sumter and when the first columns in Federal Blue marched into his city on their way to Washington. The 19th day of April, 1861, dawned clear and bright. Newsboys were shouting all about the Yankee invaders who were coming to pillage our city. Groups of men and even women stood on street corners. Everybody seemed full of patriotic fire. Knots of men carrying guns and pistols hurried through the streets. Suddenly, the fire bells began to ring, and the principal said that we were dismissed. Ernest and his pal, Henry Cook, raced to the President Street Railroad Station. All around them, men swore the Yankees would never make it into town. Then the train, carrying troops from Massachusetts and Pennsylvania, arrived in a cloud of steam and smoke. Drivers hitched teams of horses to the cars for the journey up President Street to Pratt Street and across the waterfront to Camden Station, where the B&O train to Washington waited. The boys could plainly see the Massachusetts men as the mob angrily hurled bricks and stones at the car windows. Teamsters cracked their whips and drove straight into the gathering mob, which closed around them like an army of howling wolves. Shouts and curses drew Ernest and Henry back toward the station, where another group of Yankees were setting out on foot. As they turned onto narrow, crowded Pratt Street, Baltimore men darted at the neat ranks, trying to seize a rifle. From the upper stories, people threw great lumps of coal, stone jars, bottles, pitchers, dishes, every conceivable form of weapon. Men in blue staggered, a few fell. At Marsh Market, the crowd was so thick the troops could not move. An officer climbed a pile of stones and shouted, Men of Baltimore, we have no quarrel with you. We only ask the right of transit through your city to obey our orders. Before he could say more, someone heaved a heavy piece of wood that struck him in the head. His men shielded him with their bodies. That sight changed Wardwell's life. I felt the officer's appeal was right. These soldiers were not to blame. They were but obeying orders. I began to feel sympathy for them. Their bleeding faces and hands awoke pity. Their gallant bearing, showing no fear of the angry mob or attempt to use their weapons, aroused my admiration. Ernest pushed his way through to a Yankee sergeant and offered to carry the rifle of a man who'd fallen. Go away or I'll run it through you, the sergeant barked over the crowd noise. Ernest said he was only trying to help. Are you, said the sergeant. Well, then fall in. Guns now flashed from the windows. More soldiers fell. At Gay Street, the lead company fired over the mob's heads, trying to frighten them back. But the wolves only grew bolder. They won't shoot. They're too afraid of their cowardly necks. Reluctantly, the wounded officer told his men to fire. The mob was so close the soldiers could barely aim their rifles, but they obeyed. My brain was in a whirl, Wardwell recalled. I saw dozens of men lying in the street and curbs as we ran by, and I heard the shrieks and groans of many more. A soldier running beside him said, Don't be scared. We'll soon join the rest of the regiment, and then it will be all right. Ernest clung to his arm. When they reached the safety of Camden Station... Ernest hesitated, then got in the train. The friendly soldier, whose name was Parsons, gave him a seat by the window, pulled off the boy's old black slouch hat, and replaced it with a blue soldier's cap. He also gave me a drink out of his canteen. It tasted very good indeed, being made of rum and molasses. Dazed and excited, the boy sat back in his seat as the train pulled out of Camden Station. Young Ernest Wardwell was off to war. That night, he and his new comrades the 6th Massachusetts Regiment of Volunteer Militia, would sleep on the floor of the House of Representatives. It was a lot for a boy not yet 16 to comprehend. 
and it was too soon to know that he would never see his friend, Henry Cook, again. Thank you.